Lexitone. Wisdom shared by the housewives and the occasional house husband of Scotland in the pages of the Sunday Post in the 1950s. Whatever will they make of it today? Hello and welcome back to Pass It On with me Steve and Chris and I believe today Steve is going to take us into the future as opposed to the past. It's a Christmas Um, miracle. I am, but before we start, can I just point out that Connie sounded a lot happier and more upbeat. That's Monday morning, what do you expect? Um, I expect your usual lugubrious... (laughs) Downbeat self. No, that's until not true. until you've been excited by the podcast. Okay, podcasting. Well, well, we'll just give it five minutes and see how we get on with your tips. I'll <laughs> <laughs> not last. Yeah, scrub through five minutes, folks, yeah. and just see what Connie sounds like at that point. <laughs> scrub through. That's fast forward in my language. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Right. We're going to talk about the future, but not the real future. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about the future as the Sunday Post saw it. On January the 3rd, 1960. That's, don't worry, the, Connie, it's still the past. Wow, it's like 70 years ago. What, 1960? 1960. It was the first Sunday post ago. of the 1960s, and it, it talked about changes that readers could expect in the next decade. David and it was, Bowie it was, changes uh, tune. No, he hadn't been thought of. No, it's a good song. And it was a kind of rosy picture, if not an entirely accurate picture. And it's of its time. You've got to remember of that. There are things they didn't know. And they didn't know that they didn't know things. <laughs> and I'd love if some of these predictions had come true, but certainly not all of them. I'd love if it had come true in the way they thought that they would. So this isn't tips as such. It was an article, but it fascinated me so much that I put it in the book. It's kind so, of funny that they were still doing that in the 60s, because the 50s were the sort of big era of that kind of future-gazing Jetsons, yes, uh, um, colonies on the moon kind of thing, that sort of retro-future <laughs> thing that we're still doing mm-hmm. today. Speaking of the moon. <laughs> oh, God. I know what Steve was up to at the weekend. <laughs> Stop, please. What? What? I'm a respectable chap, you know. What I about the moon? Post. The real moon. The mm. one that's made of green cheese. I'll tell you soon. Like, I'm going to read this to you. So sit down, relax, have a cup of tea. Couldn't do without my jingle. A new decade has begun. We've left the 50s behind. And it's now time for the sizzling 60s. Without a single doubt, amazing changes will take place in all our lives. Science, advancing at breakneck speed, will see to that. In the next 10 years, Britain will have at least 20 nuclear power stations, producing 50% of the country's electricity. Our first atomic-powered tanker will be on the seas in a few years, and at least two huge nuclear... (laughs) Nuclear liners will be sailing the Atlantic, flying the British flag. Waste products from the nuclear furnaces will be harnessed to domestic use. Does that frighten you? I mean, that literally made no sense to me at all. Why? Because I don't know if we've got 20 nuclear power stations or not. No, we don't. Or any nuclear liners. I don't don't know how many we've got these days. Right. We certainly don't have 20. The only part I understood was the sizzling 60s. That was it. You like, lost I will me try and explain that. to you further, okay? But wasn't it notable that we came out of the 50s where it, we were all terrified of uh, atomic energy with a no, bomb? No, I think at this point we have not quite learned to be terrified, and I'll tell you why. Listen to this. This is, I said, this is truly stunning. This was printed in a national newspaper, and this is what we thought was going to happen. 
Radiation from nuclear residue will toughen plastics to such an extent that houses will be built with it. Yes, plastic houses. Milk that won't go sour. Potatoes and onions that won't sprout in storing. Cattle food made from sawdust. All from the radiation of waste products that were sunk to the depths of the sea in the 1950s. Dear God. No. Are they saying it's a good thing or a bad thing? If they're, pla- they're saying it's a good thing. They're saying it's a good well, thing. They're saying that... feed made of sawdust. That doesn't sound very yeah, pleasant. Yeah, but once well, it's been treated with nuclear something or other, as they thought, it would become... Nutritious. Nutritious. And oh, my God. They would put it on, what was it, onions and potatoes so that the so they wouldn't potatoes wouldn't Imagine sprout. Imagine the plastic the problem we'd had if they'd made plastic houses out of plastic. Yeah. <laughs> Parts of houses are made out of plastic these days. Yeah, well, you, the, the gutters, but you know, or whatever. The windows. Yeah, but you know, like actual, the whole house is was made out of plastic. Yeah. I right, don't know. Stop they're... showing off. We don't know what they are. <laughs> yes, you do. The white bits along <laughs> underneath the roof. I'm like joking. You do. Um, yeah, just. We haven't had, to my knowledge, nuclear powered uh, ships, except no. for subs. Subs we have, but not ships. And I think the reason for this is we're. There's actually quite a high risk, I believe, from even in a nuclear sub. You sign up thinking, uh, this isn't the entirely most safest thing I will ever do. But they, they were designed as nuclear subs because they can stay underwater for literally years at a time, yeah. I believe. Yeah. If you could carry enough provisions. I think I'm right in saying, aren't I, that um, a lot of the decisions around nuclear fuel for fuel uh, electricity generation the uranium that was used was used particularly because the um, byproducts of that could be made into weapons. That's why we why we use that particular fuel. Huh. But if you look at things like thorium reactors or uh, salt reactors, I think I'm right in saying, um, they produce the same kind of electricity with the same efficiency. But there's the the waste stuff is much much safer. But you can't then turn it into energy. So you know, there's a, huh. a dialogue that says, you know, we've been sold down the river because. The government said, I know, use that kind of nuclear power because then we can make bombs out of it. <laughs> cheery stuff. Right, it is indeed cheery stuff. Yes. Uh-huh. Next. But the Connie, same, the you're same, not an atomic blonde. No, I'm really not. The same kind of conversation that happened there about nuclear powering ships is beginning to happen now with uh, hydrogen. Because hydrogen doesn't really make all that much sense for cars because you need infrastructure and, mm-hmm. and stuff for it. But it does make sense for freight. And actually freight, uh, ship shipping that's one of the biggest contributors to climate change not actually um i think i'm right in saying that it's a much much bigger contributor to emissions than uh flying is and flying is very demonized yeah. but actually shipping is, is huge i did not know that chris is a bit green isn't he As in, <laughs> you don't mean inexperienced <laughs> no I, I don't i don't mean the color either <laughs> Although you look like you've had a rough weekend, mate. <laughs> Just all this age. I'm nearly 40. <laughs> right. Speaking of cars, as I know you were. What about the motorist? A network of motorways will be completed. All arterial roads turned into dual carriageways. Road bridges will span the 4th, the Tay and the Severn. Special trucks with a speed of 70 miles an hour. These trucks, equipped with superchargers and disc brakes, will cut costs by up to 30%. Dangerous bends and hills will be free of ice and snow during the winter. They will be kept above freezing by an electric current. This will pass through surfacing material, which will be mixed with graphite powder. 
It will do away with the elaborate network of wires below the surface in 1959. Right, starting from the end. Who knew we had roads with an elaborate system of wires in 1959 that kept them warm? Not me. I I just pictured roads with electric blankets on. (laughs) I know there are there are definitely in places like Alberta. I think you know there are pa- the, the sidewalks. I should say the pavements okay. um, <laughs> are heated to stop them from freezing over. Oh, I didn't know that. No, but I didn't and know that. Surely, didn't know back then, the thing is, climate change contributes to. Yeah, that's the word. That's well, a lot. Uh, well, of but it keeps people energy. safe. There's a, there's a trade-off there. Yeah. Depends how the I electricity mean, was generated for the underfloor, under pavement. Does does show how different the world was and how different Britain was in the 1950s that they were talking about putting bridges over the Forth, the Tay and the Severn, all of which now have at least one bridge over them. It is crazy. I I, I sat up when you said that because I was was trying to work out because to me these seem like quite old things. But of course, you know, the Forth Forth Rail Bridge is a a, a very old Mm. bit of construction. Magnificent thing. Glorious thing. But I suppose the, and then of course we had the Tail Rail Bridge disaster, which you can see from the office which we're recording this. Again, that was rail. But actually, you're right, road bridges were much, much more Well, that as well within my lifetime. The Forth Bridge was opened, the Road Bridge was opened in 1964, I think. And the, I remember, uh, I was three years old, I remember the Tay Bridge, Tay Road Bridge opening because I was on the very, very last Fifey, which was the the, the boats that used ferry. to sail between here and Tayport or Wormit. So uh, where did they where did they go from? I'm presuming Brotty Ferry, because that's why it's called no, Brotty Ferry. No, but... not at all. They went from the docks at Dundee, okay. which is largely all filled in now, the place from where they used to go. And I can remember looking out over the back of it and seeing the churning water behind it and I've uh, I was sat on the, the bulwark the the real side of it with my father hanging on to me didn't make me actually I, I don't remember feeling scared at all but I remember sitting on that waiting for the thing to go and my mother saying nobody will ever do this again did you at the time <laughs> were you du- duly uh, respectful and overawed or did you just not give a damn yeah exactly. uh, I wasn't overawed although um we had a map that my father had put up in our bedroom and uh, I knew that they were building a bridge to Fife and I knew that I lived in Scotland. So as far as I could see, there was a map of Scotland and across the sea from Scotland was... <laughs> this mysterious kingdom of Fife, is it? No, no, worse than that. <laughs> I could see Scotland where I lived and I could see across the sea from Scotland was Ireland. So I thought they were building a bridge oh. to Ireland. But I was only three and a th- bit. That's and a half. Cute. To be fair, I only, well, about five years ago, I found out where Fife was. <laughs> Again, we can see Fife from the room yeah, we're recording well, this in. Yeah, I can't even really remember why, but we went across the Tayroad, what's it? Yeah, the Tayroad Bridge, and uh, it said, Welcome to Fife. And I was like, Oh my God, so this is Fife. But I feel like Fife has many different starting points. Well, yes. You can see Fife from a lot of angles. <laughs> Yes. yes That's a true yeah. story it's, I believe it is a true but, story But that yeah. is true of Angus and it's true of Perthshire and it's Yeah true but I've never noticed the other ones oh, Just Fife starting from many different angles <laughs> On that note let's take a quick break Yeah for God's sake let's take a break <laughs> Oh God Jesus True story <laughs> 
Ho, ho, ho. The pass-on books make the perfect gift for Christmas, or even any other time of year, especially for your favourite older relative who will find lots in there that they'll recognise. You can get 20% off the pass-on books at dcthompsonshop.co.uk by using the discount code THRIFTY at checkout. And, as Santa famously always says, check the episode notes for details and terms. Here's your bonus ad break tip. When wrapping children's Christmas gifts, write their name in glue on wrapping paper, then sprinkle Epsom salts over the glue and leave it to dry. The name sparkles. Welcome back, folks, and... Can I let you into a little secret of the way we do these podcasts? <laughs> we have the first half, then we have a small short break. <laughs> and so we've had a longer short break this time while I quizzed Connie on her oh, knowledge God. or lack of Fife. <laughs> of Fife. I wouldn't want my... to go to Fife anyway. They've all got six fingers. <laughs> oh dear. God almighty. Oh dear. No, sorry, 11. <laughs> 12 fingers in total. Like, I don't think you should really be no, setting yourself no, up no. as as you're from Letham. There's a Letham and you, Fife. You've I know got that. Potatoes. I know that. Letham's yeah, of course not, we've got Letham's potatoes. Not Fife. Letham. There is a Letham in Fife. Oh, yes, there is. Yeah. Not as right, good I as think my we Letham. should leave the, the subject of insulting uh, areas of Scotland behind, <laughs> and I'm going to tell you about next. Our standard of living is a rocket like a Sputnik. In the period 1951... Sputnik rocket. Sputnik was a satellite. It went round and round in a circle. Automatic fail. Pedants. It'll rocket like a Sputnik. There you go, I've said it again. (laughs) The period 1951 to 59, the standard of living increased by 15%. Between 1960 to 1970, it will increase by by another 25%, at least. It will be the era of two-car families, One for the husband to go to work, a smaller one for the wife to go shopping and take the children to school. (laughs) Again, kind of true. Yeah. For the the most part, I guess. I I suppose, but it's so very, it's not exactly a quality from from back in the day, is it? No. Do you think that life quality has improved? Undoubtedly. Absolutely. Do you think it has? Yeah, definitely. Do you think it's improved or just got easier? Well, I mean, no, you could argue it's that. improved. We have more disposable income now than we did in 1950. Well, but more importantly, on, on measures like infant mortality, uh, yeah. Uh, um, it, it, general diseases, etc. Yeah, yeah, the lifespans. Ah, the, oh, the the world of today is vastly improved from the world of the 1950s. Yeah, but nobody, sh- nobody really has to go hungry today. When, ah, but they do. Back in those days. Yeah, they do. But they Some don't, people they don't do, have but to. It's, it's more. It's easier to. Uh, well, yeah, if they do go, they yeah, but there's food banks and things which there wouldn't have been back then, and you know, uh-huh. yeah. it wasn't know. unusual for people to be hungry in mm. their forties and fifties. I just wonder if things are actually just maybe a bit shitty just now. It's definitely true that um, I mean, if you look, I th- I th- I'm trying to rack my brain. I think it's Stephen Pinker uh, writes about um, the you know objective markers for the quality of life things like mm. infant mortality and, and you know on any measure on uh, deaths from war anything like that you know we are in a much much better state now than we ever 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 have been yeah. mm-hmm. but i think it's hard to fight 
against a general feeling of existential angst. Yeah, because like there's things that surely must, you know, infant mortality is, you know, improved, etc. But then you have to think about how many lives have been lost to drugs or suicide or, you know, so it probably like balances out. Like in, in modern, I don't know, I just I just feel like it's... Okay, if you had to choose between aspects. living now or living in the 50s, mm. which would you choose? I'd probably give it a bash in the 50s, like. You think? Mm. Why? I just think it seems like a simpler time. It's a dangerous, dangerous way to think, though. It's really mm-hmm. dangerous to think in sort of rose-tinted rose uh, glass. Because you can be very selective. Yeah. And yeah. of course, you know, yeah. racism was much, much worse. Homophobia, sexism was much, much worse. Your yeah, role as a woman yeah. was much more constrained. Not necessarily worse, but certainly your choices were much more constrained. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Healthcare was certainly was. Yeah. And we're going to speak about healthcare next. Okay. Health. The assault on cancer and leukemia will stride on. Some hope that at last both will be tamed. And the average expectation of life will take men to 75 and women to 80. I think we got quite close to that. I think we yeah. probably did. I, yeah. I don't know what life inspections are just now, but those don't seem ridiculous. And I don't think... Um, don't you love the optimism that we would do away with cancer and leukaemia by 1970? Yeah. I love that. Um, okay, of, life expectancy is... Doesn't seem to differentiate at the moment, but 80.96 years. For men or women? Doesn't Is that so. for both? Is that an average of both? It's definitely... Women's are always higher. Yeah. Don't say. Anyway. Space. Russia predicts the first man on the moon in 1965. In 1970, both America and Russia will be planning to send up whole expeditions to set up observatories. Aww. Kind what, of fell behind that. What was the space race like, Steve? I'm, I'm always fascinated to talk to people who, <laughs> who lived through it because it was obviously a highly politicised time. It was. Because uh-huh. the whole the whole thing, it was just, it was willy-waving. It was, it was, it was pure, <laughs> it was, it was pure braggadocio, if you'd prefer, uh, on, but on, on the part of um, the Russian and the US governments. Britain was never in it. <laughs> um, in all and, honesty, and, and it was a fight of ideologies, wasn't it? It was, it was communism very versus much capitalism. So, very much so. And, and, and that's why Sputnik, you know, cowed the people because mm-hmm. all of a sudden AMD with a, a, a radio could tune in the frequency and hear the beep. Beep, yeah. as it passed overhead and the, you knew that Russia had put something into space and then you had Yuri Gagarin it's crazy it was an insane time as I was growing up certainly I was more aware of the, the 1960s and I, I became more and more aware of the world the space race we were very much on America's side but it was kind of an offshoot to everybody being absolutely terrified that a nuclear bomb was going yeah. to drop and we used to work out where we'd hide and I do that as well. Do you? Mm. Do you? have hiding space. Well, there was a a report in one of the local papers that um, if Russia had all of these nuclear weapons, then one would be targeted upon us because we lived near an air base, which was Lucas, and also near an army base, which was Barry Budden. So it would probably be a very big nuclear bomb that would explode over the Tay estuary Mm. to take out both of those at once. And... We, I absolutely remember with my friends constructing sort of homemade nuclear shelters if a bomb drops and we thought the, the blast would come from what was the south of us and we had sandbanks and such like that we could hide behind. Yeah. 
And That's funny. Yeah, yeah. We used to, I, I don't remember practicing uh, at school yeah, officially. Yeah, we've, we've about that, spoken about that in the podcast yeah. before because oh, that was did, a big thing in the, in the States. Was, you, did, you did nuclear yeah, drills, did, uh-huh. fallout drills. We didn't do that, but it was terrifying and we, we did kind of expect this to happen at some point. And it was all... Uh, Bollocks. Anyway, I mean, I, I mean, the, the the drills. You know, hiding under your desk. Yes, it's going to make no, no difference. difference at all. But it gave you yeah. a sense of control, a sense yeah. of of um, some kind of agency uh, over your destiny. True, but, it's but the, boost. But the space race in particular. How did it? How did it? How did it feel? What was the excitement? Did you watch the broadcast? I absolutely watched. Um, have I not told you this before? I have what I know is a false memory uh, of the nineteen sixty nine moon landing, because. Well, I don't think we've even been there. Have we not? No. Have we not talked about this? Like I know we're, we're coming back to. Connie I know this is a false memory, um, because I remember watching it on television that they landed on the moon, and then I think I went outside, looked up at the moon, and could see the spaceship going around. Well, the moon. that's fake news, obviously. <laughs> yeah, it was obviously fake, <laughs> but I've got that mixed up in my head. I actually remember standing on my mill in my mill and father's garden. And looking up at the sky, and I could see this. Uh, you like this, this spaceship? No, to, it was about a quarter of the size of the moon. But I think I'm getting mixed up with a, a graphic that was on television, <laughs> or I may have seen it or in a, a book. dream or something. It's something like yeah. that. But having said that, I know it's false. But bizarrely, I think I can remember that. Yeah, it sticks in your mind. But anyway. do, you, do you ever look at? I've got a little app on my phone that tells me when the International Space Station is passing overhead. No, I don't. Uh, and you can. I go don't up, even know what that is. I don't even know what it does. I've got no idea about space. And you can go out. Big. <laughs> obviously. You can go out and um, and watch the space station go overhead. And I I love doing it. It moves really fast. There's mm. no there's no mistaking it when you see it. it moves really fast, really swiftly across the uh, the sky. And it just, I, I'm super excited about space. I, I, I get, it feels really kind of noble and mankind striving and oh, I, lo- um, I love the, the idea. international cooperation of it. And so my, my daughter loves it as well. So mm. we'll go out, if I see, if I get a notification, we'll go out, watch go overhead and I'll look up who the crew is on board and tell mm. her about it. And what the, does this space station do? It's research, really. Yeah. And there's just people that just float about for 50 years, just. Well, no, <laughs> a small number of months at a time. Oh, okay. But so the crews will swap out. Yeah. Oh, I love it. But um, <laughs> my first, can I also delight. just say that my first understanding slash knowledge of nuclear bombs was Indiana Jones film when he hides in the lead fridge. You're so young. But that that's not because even the original, that, that's Crystal Skull, isn't it? That's like, that's um, the new Yeah, probably, but that's, well. yeah, that, but that's. Yeah, even I, classic indie. Uh, you and I think it's the new one. <laughs> Connie, <laughs> what was that, 2000 and... Oh, pass. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. It's, probably, it's probably 10 years old. Maybe not quite. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, probably I about suppose. that. Which makes you... 12. 12 at the time. Ish. Wow. 11, 12. Trevence. I knew like about like Hiroshima, however you say it, and stuff like that. Like that I know, correct. I know that, isn't it? Check me. Japanese uh, always <laughs> puts equal stress on all words. So not Hiroshima, because that's Hiroshima. But Hiroshima. I did not know that, Chris. My, I learned something new my, again. There you go. My brother-in-law lives in, not in Osaka, or actually he's moving, he's in Tokyo, but he used to live in, not in Osaka, but in Osaka. So Osaka. Right. Uh, uh, uh. Tokyo. Kawasaki. Oh, God. This could go on all day. Um, yeah, that was my first real understanding of nuclear, was bombs and things, was... What, and what it and the effects it had on, you know, how it you know, melts everything, basically, in mm-hmm. Indiana Jones. That was my first 
and then I understood that he went in the lead fridge because it was, li- you know. I mean, it would have yeah. made no, no difference. No, that was a widely derided plot point. Yeah. But isn't that, isn't that fascinating though, Steve? Like for you who lived through the nuclear scare, mm. Mm. It, that's a that's a huge generational divide between you and yes, Connie. The, the, the fact is, that yeah. Connie not only didn't have that, you know, literally sort of lowering uh, yeah. fate Impending over her. Doom yeah, because it really it was a thing that really suffused all society. It at was. All points, uh, we at expected all times. we expected death and uh, terror and horror and and for Connie it was a movie. Yeah, ah, yeah. but I fully understood what a nuclear bomb would do. Mm-hmm. Certainly by the age of six or seven. Yeah. I, I had uh, what I, a I thing for a kid blue. to yeah. know and to think is, about. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but then now you've got kids that are worried about drones and stuff. So yeah, and about climate change. Yeah, different yes. we can do something yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Ended up we could do something about the nuclear bombs as well. Just we didn't. Just don't allow anyone to press any buttons. Well, that would make sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah. surely we're never actually going to have nuclear warfare. Like. Surely. Well, that's kind of the point. Mm. It's mutually assured destruction. The, the idea is yeah. that it's so dangerous that nobody's ever going to do it because if they did it, the other person will do it and then everything goes up in smoke. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We all die. But yeah. but then you, there's a, you know, there's always that big debate. It's, we had it in the last election mm-hmm. with, you know, oh Lord, who was it? Was it Joe Swinson being asked yeah. about would pressing the button? The button? Yeah. And she said, said no. She, she said no. I thought oh. she said she would. Oh Lord, I can't remember. Or was it Jeremy that said he would? These people are lunatics. Honestly, it should just all be broken down and taken away from everybody. Yeah, that's a nice. That's thought, the whole problem with Iran and stuff just now, isn't it? Like, they want to create nuclear weapons, and America's not allowing them. Is that right? Well, but then America came out of the treaty. Uh, mm. um, anyway, I'm a bit lost with all that we've, as well. We've strayed quite far, but yes. you've still, you've still, you've still, you've still no, got. We're mo- speaking about the future. You've still got more of this, haven't you? I've Mr. got Finnan. tons more. Of so it. shall we and two we'll, part of this, let's, baby? Yeah, yeah. Let's do it because it's more part mundane. In your kitchen, sort of stuff to come. Mundane? That's not very exciting. <laughs> Doesn't it, oh, it excite our listeners thing. back? In frank, uh, frankly, I'd be happy with mundanity after uh, talk of uh, impending death and destruction <laughs> from nuclear annihilation. Oh, I so, do love Connie, mundane. let's talk about Fife again. No. <laughs> Join us uh, for the second part. I don't know if, the, if we're going to stretch this out to a three or not. Probably just a second. Um, join us for the second part of the future slash it is actually just still the past. <laughs> um, and for more genius or possibly madness um, from the households of the 1950s and for more nonsense from us here in Scotland today. Hiya, it's Chris here with a little personal appeal on behalf of Connie, Steve and me. We so love making this podcast and we hope to keep doing so for a long time to come, but we need your support to prove that it's worth doing. Now, there are three ways you can help us keep making episodes. The first, and the one that makes the biggest difference, is by buying the books. They're stuffed with hundreds of fascinating, clever and occasionally downright daft tips. And as Steve said, you can get 20% off with a discount code THRIFTY at dcthompsonshop.co.uk. Next, spread the word. Tell your pals to listen if you think they'd love it too. And if you tag the Pass It On pod on Twitter or Pass It On Tips on Facebook, we'll see you and we'll give you a big virtual kiss. And lastly, subscribing, rating and reviewing the podcast, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, help other people discover it when they're browsing and looking for things to listen to. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Even if you do none of that, we still love having you. See you next time.